Testing, one, two, three. in full swing and we have entered the last quarter of 2020 can you believe it <sighs> instead of wishing the year away though let's focus on making the absolute most of these last few months it's october who have you helped to see jesus uh metaphorically speaking okay not not physically y'all we we just want to share the gospel and help folks fam are you with me listen for everyone connected with us via Facebook, the church website, or YouTube, join us in the chat boxes so that our DigiMinister can engage with you in worship and have prayer with you. Also, please invite others to join you in online worship with us without creating your own watch group so we can all engage together in each platform. And now, it's almost time for worship. When the clock hits zero, our Sunday worship service will begin. And stay tuned afterwards for our upcoming announcements regarding just what's happening with St. Paul. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We greet you with Jesus' joy, and we are excited that you are joining us as far as our various platforms are concerned as we prepare to worship God on this Sunday morning. Now, guess what? No one, no one has an excuse not going to church, even with the rain, amen, because guess what, you can plug into our various platforms in your home or wherever you may be right now and be able to enjoy the St. Paul online experience. Listen, I need you to do me a favor before I have Reverend Marco McNeil to come and give us our call to worship. I want you to do us this favor. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room found on our church website, you are on St. Paul Online, and our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So do us a favor. If you are watching us on Facebook, share your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure we're all in the same chat stream. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Text the link of this worship experience to your personal network. If you're in our chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window and share this experience with others. And for those who are joining us as far as our virtual congregation on Zoom, hey, good people, I'm waving at you all and I see you all in that sanctuary. Amen, amen. I'm excited about what God is going to do on today. And so I'm going to have Reverend Marco McNeil to come and give us our call to worship. Do me a favor, wherever you may be right now, put those hands together. Give God praise as we prepare to worship our God in spirit and in truth. keep that excitement going and worship our God in spirit and in truth. The psalmist told us, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. I can see some of you are at the dining room table. Some of you are in the living room, but guess what? No matter where you are, you are in the presence of God. So come on, let's give God some praise wherever you may be. And let us get ready to join our choir in our opening hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, 
What a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Scripture reading will come from the book of Proverbs, the third chapter, beginning with the first verse. The book of Proverbs, beginning with the third chapter, beginning with the first verse, and it reads, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long of life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Eternal and everlasting God, it is another grand morning that you have allowed us to see. So for that, God, our hearts have come joined together in this place just to say thank you. God, while we are here, we invoke your presence. We ask that you manifest yourself around us so that we not only know that you are there, but we feel that you are with us. So God, while we are here in this worship experience, we ask that you loose chains, break shackles, and set the captives free. For we know that all of this will and can be granted. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. the Lord with me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord.
morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm blessing the Lord together this morning, and uh, wow, man, our God is deserving of all that praise. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for that beautiful lifting up our voices this morning together. Let me say good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, good morning. Uh, my name is Reverend Peyton C., and I'm the children and youth pastor here at St. Paul. I'd like to welcome uh, all of you uh, to today's Impact Kids moment. Um, and this is a moment where I get to speak to the kids for about five minutes uh, or so. And uh, last week, uh, we started a brand new series. We started a brand new series called um, On Identity, on knowing who we are. We talked about being a masterpiece that has been created by God. And so this week in our I Belong to God series, uh, we are going to be talking about how our lives have value because of Jesus, because of Jesus. The title of today's message is this, it's You Are Loved, You Are Loved. Our memory verse today comes from Romans chapter 5, verse 8, and I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, our bottom line for today is, God loves us no matter what, God loves us no matter what. I'll be preaching this to myself this morning, y'all. Amen. How wonder, uh, I wonder, kids, how many of you at home uh, play a sport or you love to perform in some kind or any kind of competition? You could love to play football or wrestle, maybe dance or sing, or maybe being an artist or painting is your thing. Me, personally, I love to play baseball. Oh, I love baseball. Some of you have seen this on Sunday mornings. It's one of my favorite things to do is to play baseball. Although baseball is just a sport that I have played, it's so much more than that. It's not just a game uh, to me. I definitely love to try to do well in it. During high school, if I did really good in a game, I knew that my parents would be very proud of me. I knew my coach would hopefully be happy with me. And if I did really well, I would feel much better about myself and how good I played. But if I feel like I didn't play well, then I almost felt like my parents were disappointed in me when they probably weren't. I felt like my coach was mad at me even though he probably wasn't. And then if I played badly, I didn't really feel like a good baseball player and because of that, I kind of internalized that and I, it's as if I didn't feel like a good baseball player altogether. I didn't feel like I had a purpose in life because of that. And I didn't feel like I mattered to anyone, even God. Now, it wasn't just baseball that I did this. Uh, I did this with grades as well in school. One bad grade on a test, and it's as if I brought my entire identity into question. One bad grade on a test or missing out on straight A's or the honor roll all the way up until college had me questioning who I was, had me questioning my identity. If I wasn't doing well at the things that I felt like I was made to do, then for me, then how can, I wondered how could my life have any value at all? Now I raise this question to you this morning, kids, is have you ever felt like that? Have you ever questioned your identity like I have? Have you ever felt like what you do or how well you perform at something is linked to the value that your life has? If you've ever felt like that, then today's message is for you. This morning, I want you to know that what you do in life and how well you do or do not do it does not affect the love that God has for you. Why? Because God's love, God loves us no matter what. God loves us no matter what. Our verse of the day tells us that God loves us and it doesn't matter what we do or don't do. 
Romans 5, verse 8 says this again. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My friends, this is honestly one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. You see, last week, we got to talk about how God has showed us his love by making us and creating us into one of his many masterpieces. But this week, Paul is writing uh, to us in this Romans verse, and he's telling us how important it is that we know that God has an amazing love um, that he has shown us by sending Jesus to die for our sins. This verse describes the best and the truest form of love that there is. Some of you may have heard of this love. It's called an unconditional love. Unconditional love meaning this, it means we are not loved for anything that we do on our own or anything that we can do for God. No, that is not it. We can do nothing to earn God's love. Again, we can do nothing to earn God's love. In fact, we couldn't even earn it if we tried. And that's just, that's just the truth. We are nowhere close to being perfect, and as much as we try to please God by listening to him and following and obeying his commands and following his plan for our lives, there will be times that we mess up, and that is the truth too. However, God looks down on us with all of our imperfections and our, our mistakes, and he tells us that we are loved by him. God's love is so great for us that he knew he would have to send his one and only son down to earth to save us from our sins. The Lord knows that we won't always be the best athlete, that we won't always be the best singer or dancer, the best artist, and even the best human at times. But yet God doesn't love us for how we can do something. God loves us because of who he is and because of Jesus, what Jesus did for you and me. And so that brings us to our bottom line again. God loves us no matter what. Imagine this. Imagine what this mindset could do for you if you start to trust and believe that you are loved by the God of the universe. It can give us true freedom to know that there isn't anything that we have to do to earn God's love. It's not something that we have to work for. It's something God has freely given us each and every day. All we have to do is accept that love into our lives and let it change us from the inside out. My hope and prayer for you all that are joining in right now for the kids this morning and for all of us is that we will start to see that you are valuable because the God of the universe loves and sees you as his masterpiece. God doesn't love you for the grades that you get. He doesn't love you for the achievements that you get in sports. He doesn't love you for how well you even do it following him. Your whole life can have new meaning and a purpose when you see that God values you and that he loves you enough to send his one and only son as a sacrifice for your life. Run to God is my advice to you this morning. Our heavenly father, run into his everlasting arms and let him hold you tight and remind you that you are loved, that that is your identity because to God, kids, you are valuable. You are loved and you belong to him. That is who you are. Will you bow with me in prayer this morning as we close this impact moment? Dear Lord, come to you this morning, God, and I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us no matter what. Help us to see, God, today and every day that we belong to you. You care about us. Remind us of this truth, God, that we belong to you. We are loved. Our identity is in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all. Have come together 
for one reason and one reason only. And that is to remind everyone we must go out and vote. The right to vote is and can longer be a anecdotal gesture, but it is an imperative. Our vote is our voice. It's our responsibility to ensure that our families, our friends and our communities all have a good quality of life. This year, November 3rd, is the most important vote of our lives. In addition to our presidential election, we have several federal, state, local, and judicial races that are on the ballot. If you believe in health care, you're on the ballot. If you care about affordable housing, it's on the ballot. If you care about social injustice, it's on the ballot. We're not trying to tell you who to vote for. You can work on that part. We need your participation. On October 18th at Roman Beer Park at 2 p.m., we're beginning with a rally, and we're going to march to Spectrum Arena and let our voice be heard through voting. Meet us at Ramir Beerton Park as we march to the Spectrum Arena here in the city of Charlotte. One saying we're gone from protesting to the poll. Meet us there. Matter of fact, meet us there. We're going to go to the Spectrum Center. We're going to march there. We're going to stroll there. We're going to roll there. Get there any way you can. It's going to be a great time of fellowship and a profound time of shifting the narrative for our community. Your vote has purpose make sure our voice, our vote is heard. Everyone who lives within the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area is part of our village. Join us for Souls to the Polls, October 18th, 2 p.m., Romare Bearden Park, Old Charlotte, New Charlotte. Again, let's come together to create Next Charlotte. Looking forward to seeing you there. Let's go! Amen. We pray that you all will govern yourselves accordingly as far as that uh, special announcement is concerned. God is to be praised, and we thank each and every one of you that is checking us out as far as St. Paul Online is concerned. Of course, we're in the election season, and we need for as many of you all who uh, can vote, please vote. Of course, the registration deadline has passed, but for those that are in North Carolina, you still have the opportunity that if you uh, go in person and try to vote, you can still register as far as same-day registration and voting is concerned. Let me just mention that for us here at St. Paul, every Sunday is going to be Sundays to the polls when early voting starts. And early voting starts this Thursday. This Thursday. There are 33 locations throughout the county in which you can vote. I you to vote early. Vote early early let me say that again vote early develop a voting plan vote early develop a voting plan if you want to vote as far as by mail get that ballot in early amen get that ballot in early we don't want any trouble on election day november the third so get your ballot in develop a voting plan and vote early if you can i just want to thank again the, the saint paul uh, congregation and friends for uh, your uh, generosity we served 238 families this past week and of course um, major shout out to our food pantry ministry under the leadership of sister Felicia Knowles uh, and all of those who have donated 
I also want to give a major shout out to our digital ministers and our social media influencers on last week when we had some technical issues with our audio. They kept you all engaged, and I am so appreciative of that. So God be praised. Again, major shout out to our digital ministers and our social media influencers for your wonderful work on last week. And again, it was great to hear from each and every one of you as far as our prayer call was concerned with a quick 15 last week. I want to encourage you, call in at 8 o'clock uh, to have conversation with people you haven't seen nor heard from in quite some time, and you can engage in that conversation. We are also, of course, doing Bible study, and I'm excited about Bible study. Last week, we discussed Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. This week, we will do Philippians 2, 19 through 30. So join us on our various platforms. Again, Sunday Morning Live is strong. We have classes for every age group, and I want to encourage our, our children and youth to join our Sunday Morning Live at 4 o'clock. For more information uh, on those classes, check the church website or contact Reverend Brenda Richardson. Just also want to mention that um, St. Paul will be the virtual host for the General Baptist State Convention uh, annual session, October the 26th through the 28th. Uh, we will be sharing the streams from the General Baptist State Convention website and social media accounts. I will be preaching on Thursday evening uh, at 6 o'clock. Our music ensemble will be sharing during that particular time. And, of course, we will be hosting here Dr. Lynch's presidential address. He will be giving it live on Wednesday night. And so we're looking forward to uh, you all joining us as far as that is concerned. I really would appreciate it if you can join us on Tuesday night to give your pastor some encouragement during that preaching time. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about our Thankful Thursday, and you should be seeing uh, as advertisement for that real soon. We got some gifted preachers, the Reverend Dr. Marcus Cosby, the Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III, and the Reverend Dr. Danielle Brown will be our featured preachers for Thankful Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to do what I call a monthly church check-in, a monthly church check-in starting in November. Uh, we will let you all know a time that we will gather for about 30 to 45 minutes um, via one of our platforms just to talk, touch base with you all, let you all know what we got coming down the pipe, uh, take whatever questions that you all may have just to touch base with you all and to remind you all, hey, we're still trying to do ministry and uh, we're still moving forward. Now, I need to let you know, this is not a church meeting. We ain't making no decisions. We just want to touch base. We want to keep in touch. We want to continue to promote collaboration and community and communication. So we invite you to join us for a monthly church check-in. Amen. Want to make sure that you all are good and uh, doing as well as you can under these circumstances and to see one another. So we're going to figure out how we're going to work that. And we will, of course, let you all know as far as that is concerned. Listen, again, I want to stress, this Thursday starts early voting. Make sure you have a voting plan. As we get ready to transition, as far as our time of prayer is concerned, um, there are several prayers that we want to lift up for you all. 
the family of Brother Arthur Funches, uh, the father of disciple uh, Lynette Parker. Uh, the arrangements are pending for that family, the family of disciple Annie L. Audrey, the mother of Brother Jesse Jeffers, daughter-in-law's sister Brenda Jeffers. Her service is Monday at Alexandria Funeral Home. The service is at, uh, the viewing is at 11 and the service is at 12. Then the brother of Terry Green, the brother of disciple Lula McCullough, his service is on Tuesday in Washington, D.C. We also want to lift up the family of Sister Isetta Jackson, the grandmother of brother disciple Eric Bussey. Her services were on Thursday. As we also want to lift up various persons who are dealing with their own uh, sickness or special concerns or having surgery or have been put in the hospital. We want to lift up Reverend Lenny Williams. He is the father of um, Lisa Duncan. Uh, he is in the hospital. We want to flank him with our prayers. We also want to lift up Minister Rosie Anderson, who is in the hospital as well. We continue to lift up Reverend Grace Ridgeway, as well as Dr. Monica Redmond in her recovery. We also want to just continue to lift up my pastor emeritus, uh, Dr. Paul Drummond. We want to continue to lift him up in prayer. We also have special prayer concerns for the German family and Gloria Dixon. Uh, these are concerns that have been brought to us as well as families that have uh, uh, dealt with loss. And of course, we had funerals as far as that was concerned over the weekend. So hey, this is what we want to do. We want to take you to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend Marco McNeil will come and prepare to take us through the throne of grace. And as he prepares to take us to the throne of grace, I want you to do me a favor. Whatever prayer concerns you have, if you would, lay them before the Lord at this particular time. Let us pray. God of love, God of peace, God of joy. Your children have gathered here in this sacred place and through other means, through digital means, to come together to say thank you. We know that you know all <clears throat> the concerns, the ones that have been spoken and the ones that have not been spoken. So God, right now, we thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do in those situations. God, we know your loving arms are wrapped around us. We know that your healing hands are going to touch us. So God, right now, even in the midst of our situations, we pray that all pain be taken away. We pray that all hurt be rectified. We ask that your healing hand touches our hearts. We ask that your loving arms pulls us all together. God, we love you, we thank you, and we adore you. Now, as we are here, God, we just ask that you continue to do what you do. And we'll continue to step back and say, we surrender all to you. God, we love you. We thank you. And we adore you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do me a favor. If you believe that prayer has been answered, wherever you are right now, put those hands together. Give God praise for answered prayer. Amen. 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 <clears throat> well, beloved, it is time to give. It is time to give time to give and as we prepare to give I want to again thank you St. Paul as well as those who are our friends for partnering with us as far as giving is concerned the doors of the physical church may be closed but the doors of the church and the work of ministry 
continue to go on. And your giving, your generosity makes that a working reality. When you give, you continue to support the various missions and ministries throughout this city, the county, the state, the country, and this world. As we partner with organizations like Lot Carey and General Baptist State Convention to give uplift to hurting people across this world and this state. So I want to thank you for that. Also want to thank you for the fact that when you give, your giving keeps the lights on, your giving keeps the water going, your giving keeps the gas on. Your giving allows for us to be a blessing to a lot of families that are hurting through benevolence as well as our food pantry ministry. Your giving ensures that whenever ministries have to do anything that they have what is necessary to make that a working reality. Your giving makes that possible. And so as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first one is by sending your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte 28205. Or, or you can bring your offering to the church. However, if you do that, please call the church first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. And if someone is here, Work out a time where you can drop off your giving envelope. The second way you can give is through our website. And then the third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. You can download that app to your smart device. Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. Connect it to your favorite credit card. And then follow the giving prompts. So as we prepare to give, and again, I am so appreciative of your kindness and your largesse and your generosity. For those that are giving as far as tithes and offerings, there is a special promise connected to that. For those that are giving something, we thank you for that. For those who feel like they don't have to give anything, even though they have something to give, we pray the Lord will continue to tenderize your heart. For those who have lost their jobs, been furloughed, been laid off, you don't have any significant income coming in. I'm not expecting you to give. However, if you give out of your poverty, out of your lack, I want you to know that God has a special blessing connected as far as that type of giving is concerned. So do me a favor, if you would, take your offering, place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. God, we pray you would take these gifts of ours, multiply them in a god way so that your word, your will, and your work, and your witness from St. Paul Baptist Church will continue to go forth. Show yourself mighty and strong, O oh God, as we give these gifts at this time. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So do me a favor. Go ahead and give your gift at this time. We're going to have the Simonic Selection from our adult ensemble. And we ask for your prayers for the preaching moment.
soul is anchored in Lord can you give God praise at this time thank you thank you to our adult ensemble and to Deacon Joseph Jones for that wonderful sharing my God you have the voice that makes Michael the angel jealous amen thank you so much thank you so much thank you so much I want to uh, for the time that is mine to call your attention to the book of Joshua chapter 1 and I want to look at verses 1 through 17 Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 through 17 and in the New King James Version of Scripture these words are printed after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I've said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according 
to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. I want to preach for the time that is mine, becoming unstuck. Becoming unstuck. Becoming unstuck. <clears throat> One of my favorite movies of all time is that classic known as The Ten Commandments, which starred the late Charleston Heston as the leader, Moses. And if you are above 50, you've seen that scene that come around every Easter time. Whenever that movie comes on the television, I remember when I was a little boy how my sisters and I, along with my parents, would get in front of that television and we would look at that movie for four straight hours. One of the scenes that used to grip my conscience was the scene of the children crossing the Red Sea. That as they emerge from bondage on their way to freedom and the thousands of actors that it took to portray that particular image, I was struck by how they were able to coordinate so many people and pull off such an audacious feat. One of the things that used to get me was, how did they do that scene as far as the Red Sea was concerned? But yet, what really gripped my consciousness was the mere fact that this particular rendering was the depiction of the people of God, the Israelites, leaving from a land of bondage heading toward what is known as the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land that was flowing with milk and honey. Now, they were supposed to make a pit stop in a place called the wilderness. And that pit stop in the wilderness was not supposed to be that long. In fact, as far as a generous estimation was concerned, their journey from Egypt to the promised land should have taken at least three to six months. However, they wound up taking 40 years. 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years of wondering. 40 years of murmuring. 40 years of complaining. 40 years of going around in the same old circle. Israel got stuck in a rut because the people were afraid to go into the land of promise. Fear got them stuck. They could not go back to Egypt, but they were stuck in the wilderness because of a faithless majority who was scared because they thought the land would be too hard to conquer, outvoted a faithful minority that consisted of Joshua and Caleb. They were quick to recognize, yes, the land is flowing with milk and honey. Yes, the land has productive fruit. Yes, the land has luscious green 
pastures. Yes, the land has fine housing. Yes, the land has everything that we need. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that the, the grapes were so big that when they put them on a pole, it took two men to carry the grapes. But that faithless majority had seen some giants in the land. And they said, we look like grasshoppers in their sight. What an estimation of worth and value when you compare yourself to a grasshopper. But you serve a God who is more than able to do anything but fail. As a matter of fact, a grasshopper with God is more powerful than a giant who does not know God. And yet, they considered themselves inferior because they were looking at the outer dimensions of their obstacles rather than the eternal power they had with God. So God decreed that Israel would be in the wilderness for 40 years because of a lack of faith of the people who still had a slave mentality. They weren't accustomed to thinking for themselves. And when you're in bondage, unfortunately, your oppressor controls what you think and how you think. So when God delivered them out of the land of bondage, they went to the wilderness and got stuck because of a lack of faith. Faithlessness will cause you to get to a place where you think your current reality is the best that it can be. And when that happens, you will settle for mediocrity and low living therefore becoming comfortable with small-minded thinking and average outcomes. Your mantra will be, we've always been doing it like this, or we've never done it like this before, or we tried it before and it did not work, or somebody always got something to say about whenever we try to press forward. When you fail to allow your faith to become the driving force for your reality, you will keep doing the same boring, lifeless, mediocre thing you've been doing that does not produce the positive, transformative change you need to move on with your life. Some of you are stuck right now. I'm talking to some stuck folks right now. There's some stuck folks in the church right now. There, there are some stuck folks that are watching us online right now. There are some stuck folks listening on the phone right now, stuck in relationships, stuck on the job, stuck when it comes to your faith, stuck as far as your own personal environment is concerned. Some of you are stuck in a rut right now on the job. You keep going to your place of employment Every day, and it's the same old thing, working yourself to the bone to make somebody else rich. You're not appreciated. You're not valued. You're not even thanked. Some of you are stuck at home. 
Your marriage has become lifeless and sexless. You have been cooped up at the house since March, and you discovered that your spouse got some things in him or her you just ain't crazy about. And you have discovered your children are about to get on your reserve nerve because they got to go to school virtually. And you and your spouse are acting more like roommates than you do like husband and wife. Some of you are stuck right now when it comes to your spirituality. Since this pandemic has hit us, your idea of church had to change. You can't come to 1401 Allen Street like you used to. But now, your idea of doing church, even though it is virtually, you are still wrestling with the fact that God has not done what you want God to do. So therefore, God is not worthy of your worship, worthy of your praise, worthy of your time. And you don't even want to chime in on virtual reality anymore. Some of you are stuck in a rut with yourself. You have been doing the same thing all this time, and nothing positive has changed in your life. You've been with that dude all this time. And he still ain't put a ring on him. He has made you a mama, but he does not want to make you a wife. You've been stuck with sister girl all this time, trying to be Mr. Do-Right. But your problem is that you're too nice, you're too clean, you, 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 you ain't thuggish enough. You, you, you know how to speak the king's English, but you ain't got no street cred. And, and, and you don't want to let her go because you believe that she's the best thing since sliced bread. You believe she adds value to your stock, but she's working you by day and playing you by night. This nation is stuck. Uh-oh. I know I'm getting ready to get some folks that's looking at me right now, but this nation is stuck. Stuck because of a pandemic. Stuck because of presidential ineptitude. Stuck because nearly 215,000 Americans have died because of COVID-19, but yet your president, who contracted COVID um, has now started back to having mass meetings and don't want to engage in a virtual debate, uh, but he himself has become a super spreader. And in his super spreading, he decided to have a whole bunch of black and brown young folks at the White House on yesterday that while he was speaking from his perch as far as the balcony of the White House, who knows what kind of stuff beside the BS he was spreading. like a fly on pins. You and I have the capacity to become unstuck and do better and have more and go higher and become stronger. But yet we're stuck. We're stuck because so much stuff has held us captive. I've come to help you get unstuck this morning.
because I believe that God has more opportunities that God wants us to maximize. God has given us opportunities, visible and invisible, every single solitary day. As a matter of fact, every time you wake up from your slumber and sleep, it is like the songwriter said, morning by anointing, new mercies, I see all that I have needed. Thy hands have provided great is thy faithfulness, O Lord, unto me. Uh, these new mercies are God's divine intentions in our daily routine so that God can be glorified and so we can be lifted up. The Bible verifies when Paul said all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord who are the called according to his purpose. I think that God's purpose for all of us includes redemption, liberation, transformation, and salvation so that we can break through the vestiges of slavery, the chains of discrimination, the shackles of oppression, and the handcuffs of humiliation. Aren't you glad that God we serve will not let you stay in your mess, but God is working behind the purple curtains of eternity to make sure that we can operate with our sense of purpose, pursue our destiny, and deliver us from some mess. If you're willing to let the Lord lead and guide you, God will get you unstuck. I want to suggest this morning that Israel had been in a rut. As a matter of fact, Israel got unstuck from bondage only to become stuck in the wilderness. And they had been in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses, in this text, is now dead. God has appointed Joshua to take Moses' place and to move the children of Israel from the wilderness to Canaan, better known as the Promised Land. Joshua had been Moses' adjutant. Uh, armor bearer, personal assistance, whatever you want to call him. And in the text, Joshua is not a young man. Joshua is about 80 years old. And, 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 and God has elevated Joshua because of his faithfulness to Moses. This elevation is to help the children get out of their 40-year stick to itness. But Joshua is right now facing a crisis. Moses died while they were in the wilderness. Joshua is stuck mourning Moses' death. But God speaks to Joshua and says, listen, my servant Moses is dead. I need you to get up and take my people to the land that I'm going to give you all. This helps me to appreciate the fact that sometimes if you're going to become unstuck, somebody or something may have to die. Some people may have to die. Uh, some habits definitely got to die. Some ways of thinking has got to die. Some emotions have got to die. Some grudges have got to die. Some old hatred has got to die. However, if you're going to help somebody get unstuck, you can't be stuck yourself. 
If you're going to follow the flow of the text, God has to get Joshua unstuck in his way of thinking that he's only second in command. The death of Moses has created a moment for Joshua to get out of the second lieutenant mentality. He could have stayed there forever, but God had to talk to Joshua and settle him down into his future potential. God tells Joshua, stop your mourning. Moses is dead. Get up and take the people into the land I have prepared for them. In other words, it's time, Joshua, for you and the people to become unstuck. And I don't know who's listening to me, but St. Paul, it's time for us to become unstuck. United States of America, it is time for us to become unstuck. The planet Earth, it is time for us to become unstuck. How do we become unstuck? First of all, if you follow the flow of the text, you got to understand that if you want to become unstuck, you got to realize when you are stuck. Many of us are trapped on the highway of life between the yesterdays we regret and the fantasies of our tomorrow that we feel we cannot reach. We know too many people who are stuck and have become comfortable in being stuck. And when you are stuck, you don't want to do anything to move forward. I know too many people who are frozen between potential experiences that claims us and past memories that enslave us. We like to reminisce about yesterday. And we will even do revisionist history to make yesterday seem like it was better than it actually was. But if you're honest, you know that the days of yesteryear were not as good as you pretend for them to be. You were stuck, but you had to step out of being stuck. After the death of Moses, God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. I want you to lead the people into the land that I have given them. God is pressing upon Joshua to move from his thinking about the past and to step into his present destiny. Moses is dead, but life goes on. Moses is dead, but you can't stay here. Moses is dead, but you got to move forward. Moses is dead, but you got to get on with your life. And some of us don't realize uh, that we're stuck until something uh, or somebody has died. The problem with most of us when it comes to our emotional, spiritual, and mental maturity and a lack of it is to realize uh, when you are stuck. You got to realize that some stuff may have to die. But as long as you breathe or breathing, your life continues to go on. God has given us tears to weep, but you can't keep on grieving forever. Your heart may be broken, but I'm here to declare that God can heal it. You got to realize life goes on. Grieve if you must. Cry if you have to. Reminisce as you should, but don't get stuck in the past. But understand 
that God's got something better for you. Don't get stuck in your grieving. Don't get stuck in your weeping. Don't get stuck in your crying. You got to realize, yes, I've lost some stuff, but God has something better for me if I'm willing to get up and move on, move on, and get unstuck. I'm here to declare right now that this country has been stuck. We've been stuck because of slavery, but through the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation, when Abraham Lincoln fired the slaves, that was broken because we never did get our 40 acres and a mule. But hallelujah, even though we didn't get our 40 acres and a mule, we took our brokenness and we were able to create something magnificent out of it. We were stuck because of discrimination and the disenfranchisement of our vote, even though in the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, we were given certain rights. But thanks be to God, because of the Civil Rights era and because of a Martin Luther King and a Rosa Parks, they helped us get out of that being stuck and the voting rights passage that took place. And now... Here we are. We are stuck in this country because of unprecedented violence in our community. We are stuck because of rising health care costs. We are stuck because of a horrible political climate. We are stuck because of financial disparity where the rich continues to get richer. The middle class is evaporating and the poor becomes poorer. We are stuck because we don't register to vote and we fail to use our voting strength. Shaquille O'Neal just admitted a few days ago that it was the first time that he had voted in 48 years. And while that may be noteworthy, it's a crying shame that when you turn 18, you have the right to vote. And it takes you 30 years for you to cast it. Uh, I want to let you know right now, if you want to get unstuck, you better start casting your vote because your vote will make a difference. Uh, we are stuck because we don't value education like we should. We are stuck because we in our attempt to give our children what we don't have, uh, uh, we fail to give them what we do have, like honor and respect and kindness and perseverance. We are stuck because we want to do what we see the world doing rather than adhering to what God requires for us to do. We are stuck because we fail to live for God through the values and the virtues of discipleship. But aren't you glad that we serve a God that will help you get unstuck? Aren't you glad we serve a God that will pick you up out of the miry pit of being stuck and place you on a street called straight so you can move towards your purpose uh, and your passion and your destiny and your destination. God has come to remind you, you don't have to be stuck where you are. Uh, but next, if you're going to become unstuck, you need to understand that God has already been where you're trying to go. <laughs> let, let me say that again. God has already been and God is where you're trying to go. The problem with becoming unstuck is that we are afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. And the fear of tomorrow can be just as devastating, just as crippling 
as being a slave to the past. But you need to know that the God we serve is already in your tomorrow. And when you look at Joshua 1.3, you will see these words. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. In other words, God already been where you and I are trying to go. Child of God, daughter of God, son of God, don't fear what lies ahead. We serve a God that has the future in God's hands. And God has gone before you to secure your tomorrow on your behalf. Notice, God does not say, everywhere your foot shall tread, I will give you. But rather, I have given unto you. In other words, it is already done, but you got to walk in it. In other words, with God, there is no yesterday. There is no today. There is no tomorrow. There is just is. God not only sees the beginning and the end, but God is the beginning. And God is the end. Tomorrow is already today with God. So don't be afraid to walk in your tomorrow. I don't know to whom I'm talking to right now, but this ought to help you get unstuck because the God we serve is one who does not get stuck. God creates these moments of movement and progress, not regression. Whatever your future holds, God is already there. The same God that kept you in the past is the same God who is with you in your present. And the same God that is with you in your present is the same God that has gone before you in your future. The only person who is not changing is God because you need someone who is consistent for you in your future. Who am I speaking to right now that need to give God a hallelujah praise and be reminded that the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There is something for you and I to shout about because God is not surprised by anything that happens in your future because God is already there. And this is how awesome our God is. The same God who walks with you in the present will be the same God who will walk with you in your future and meet you in your future and who you are right now you will not be the same person when you get to your future but the God we serve will be the same God when you get there but you'll have a greater appreciation for that God why because your shift in how you think about God has made such a dramatic change that you now when you get into your future will give God more praise that is more sincere because where you are right now will not be where you will be when you get into your future. The God we serve already knows the battles you have to fight. The God we serve already knows the enemies you're going to have to subdue. The God we serve already knows the pitfalls you have to avoid. The God we serve knows the mountains you're going to have to climb. The God we serve knows the valleys you're going to have to go through. The God we serve knows the tears you're going to have to shed. The God we serve knows the heartbreaks you will overcome. The God we serve knows the mistakes you will make and guess what the same God that was with you yesterday the same God that is with you today will be the same God that will be with you in
your tomorrow. He promised never to leave you. He promised never to forsake you. And you need to learn how to give God praise. Watch this. in now for your future. Next, understand that the reason that God wants you unstuck is because God has great plans for your life. Now, th this is where you could, could, could really shout and give God praise. Because in verse 4, God gives a description of the territory that Joshua is to take Israel. What I love about God is that God is very descriptive. God knows what God wants you to have. The plans that God has for your life is too amazing to describe, too magnificent to play with, too majestic to mess over, and too awesome for your understanding. The plans that God has for you has nothing to do with your race, your gender, your socioeconomic status, your educational level, your political party. It has everything to do with your willingness to be faithful to your assignment. God has outlined borders for your life. So I'm here to let you know that if you love God, if you trust God, if you follow God, if you obey God, if you walk with God, God has everything prepared just for you. I want to suggest that you are expected to do more than just get up, wash your face, brush your teeth, put on your clothes, go to work, or go to school. God has more for you than just going to a job to make somebody else some money. God has more for you than getting caught up in the prison industrial pipeline. God has more for you than just obtaining a degree from a college. God has more for you than just graduating from high school. God has more for you than sitting at the house, grumbling and complaining, you can't find a job. But the problem is, you ain't even looking. God has more for you than you sitting on a couch with your PS4 playing, soap opera, or ESPN watching, gossiping on your phone, Facebooking, tweeting, Instagramming, TikToking, texting, self. God has more for you than the devices that we are so attached to in these days and times. Your purpose is not selling drugs and going to jail. Your purpose is not having children out of wedlock and being stuck on welfare. Your purpose is not being in debt for the rest of your life. Your purpose is not putting up with someone who will sex you but won't marry you. Your purpose is not being somebody's sugar daddy or sweet mama. Your purpose is not you watching church online, getting your shout on and then leaving the screen the same way that you clicked on. Your purpose is to glorify and magnify God. And God ain't trying to get glory out of your silliness or your craziness. But I have discovered that God will at times take the stupid things we do in our lives and flip it into his purpose so that he will get the glory even out of our 
mistakes. Jeremiah tells us for that God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Finally, the faith in your past guarantees the courage you need for tomorrow. Here's what I'm saying to you. God will be with you, Joshua, just as God was with Moses. In other words, God will not leave you, Joshua. God will not forsake you, Joshua. Why? Because you had faith in this God before. And because you had faith in this God before, God has promised to anchor you in your now so that God can push you toward your future. In other words, the text tells us that God is going to prosper Joshua and Israel wherever they go. How could this Joshua be confident and courageous in the challenges of his tomorrow? The answer lies in God's faithfulness that Joshua had observed in the life of Moses' yesterday. Follow the flow. What God has done before, God will do right now. Be strong and courageous. In other words, if God has brought you through before, I don't know who I'm talking to, God can do it again. The problem with too many of us is that unfortunately we contract what I call spiritual amnesia. Uh, we, we forget what God has done because we've made our problems bigger than our God. And, and therefore what will happen is you will abort the promises of your future because you are stuck on the problems in your present. But God is telling Joshua, listen, what I'm getting ready to do in your life is going to be mind-blowing. That if you move with me, no man, woman, boy, or girl will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, <laughs> so shall I be with you. I, I, I don't know who this word is for right now, but as I was preparing this sermon, it spoke volumes to me. And it spoke volumes to me because some of the people that I look to, some of the people that I've held in high esteem, I knew about their walk with God. I, I, I saw how the Lord lifted them up. I, I, I witnessed how God blessed them beyond their wildest imagination. I witnessed their fortitude and their obedience as they walked in their purpose and moved toward their destiny. And it was mind-blowing. But the same God that was with them is the same God that can be with you and me right now. In other words, the same God that was with Mama and now she's gone. It's the same God that will be with you right now. The same God that was with daddy, but now he's gone. It's the same God 
that could be with you right now. Joshua saw how God operated in uh, the life of Moses. And, and he couldn't help but give God praise. Why? Because God operated with such uh, sovereign power and such omnipotent force until Joshua had to admit that if the God did before, God can do it right now. Joshua, in his spiritual imagination, remembered that they got where they are because of the power of God. It was the power of God that called Moses from a burning bush and told Moses, go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. It was the power of God that when he got down to Egypt and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, the God sent ten plagues upon the land of Egypt. It was the power of God that caused the death angel to take the firstborn of man and beast from the land of Egypt. It was the power of God that parted the Red Sea, causing the children to walk across the Red Sea like dry ground. Then, yeah, converge and drown Pharaoh and his army. Uh, uh, it was the power of God that led them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. Good God Almighty, my Mississippi slipping out here. It was the power of God that caused Mount Sinai to shake when he whispered. It was the power of God where God wrote the Ten Commandments with his divine fingers. It was the power of God where he fed them manna in the morning and quail in the evening. It was the power of God that caused their clothes and shoes not to rot 40 years in the wilderness. It was the power of God that caused water to flow from the rock at Rephidim. It was the power of God that kept their enemies at bay in the wilderness. And it was the power of God that kept Moses from going crazy as he led the children of Israel. And I stopped by, yeah, to let somebody know that this same power that was with Moses will be the same power that will be with Joshua. And God knows what you need. And God knows how you need it. And God knows when you need it. You got some people in your life who experienced the power of God in their past. They didn't have much then, but they saw how God was able to make a way out of nowhere. They saw how God blew their minds, even though they didn't have anything. And I stopped by to let somebody know that's how our ancestors were able to worship and give God praise. They saw God do some things that are still in existence right now. They didn't have much education. They didn't have a lot of money. They did not have a lot of political power. 
but they knew how uh, to fall down on their knees, uh, stretch their hands to God, uh, and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee, uh, no other help I know. If thou would draw thyself from me, uh, where shall I go? Uh, and when they fell down on their knees, uh, they saw God move, uh, and they were able uh, to build colleges and hospitals, uh, colleges and universities, uh, children homes and churches, uh, and a whole lot of our schools. Uh, because they prayed, uh, they built Johnson C. Smith, uh, Livingstone University, Winston-Salem State, uh, North Carolina A&T, uh, North Carolina Central, uh, Clinton College, uh, Benedict, uh, Allen University, uh, South Carolina State. Uh, they were able uh, to build Fisk, uh, Morehouse, uh, Howard, uh, and Spellman. Uh, they were able uh, to build Jackson State uh, University. Uh, they were able uh, to build uh, a St. Paul uh, Baptist Church uh, by the power and presence of God. Uh, and this is the same power that was with our ancestors. It's the same power that's with you right now. I don't know who I'm talking to, but is there anybody that ain't afraid to testify? That same power is accessible right now. You got access to the power of God, saving power, healing power, delivering power, redeeming power, transforming power, Holy Ghost power. It's the same power that Jesus gave his disciples on the day of Pentecost so they could be witnesses for him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's the same power to love your enemies. It's the same power to live right. It's the same power to give right. It's the same power to forgive those who hurt you. It's the same power to serve those who don't like you. It's the same power to encourage your weary heart. It's the same power to move from your limits and live a life that brings God glory. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you know that my God, your God, Big Mama's God, Papa's God, Mama's God, Daddy's God, if he did it before, he can do it again. Who am I talking to that's watching me right now? If God healed before, he can do it again. If God delivered before, he can do it again. If God made a way before, he can do it again. If God blessed before, he can do it again. If God picked you up before, he can do it again. If God blessed you before, he can do it again. If God lifted before, he can do it again. If God helped before, he can do it again. Do I have anybody that know we serve a God that will help you get unstuck? 
on. You got to move towards your new place. Because if you're unstuck, let some stuff go. Some things have got to die. Some things have got to be left behind. You got to delete some folks from your phone. You got to stop responding to every post. You got to get up. Fill out your application, go to school, get an education, stop your craziness, and go vote, and trust that God is able to make a way out of no way. Do I have anybody that ain't afraid to give God praise? Cause he will, he will, he will. Get you unstuck if I'm talking to somebody and you've been stuck before, but God got you up and moved you to another place, to another dimension. You ought to stand up in the church, at your home, in your car. Just wave your hands and give God a praise because he's got more in store for you. Say yes, 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 God is ready. God wants to get you. God wants to get you. God wants to get you unstuck. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but there may be somebody stuck when it comes to a walk with God. A walk with God as far as salvation is concerned. You, you can be stuck right now because you haven't made that commitment. And the enemy wants to keep you stuck. Yeah, the enemy wants to keep you stuck. He wants to keep you stuck. And he will keep you stuck on your way to hell when you keep saying no to God through Jesus Christ. But right now, you have the opportunity to become unstuck and start in a new way, a new living. Be transformed, be redeemed, be saved, be forgiven. Be set free. Saying yes to Jesus will do that. Yeah, it will do that. So I want to I want to have a word of prayer with you. I want to have a word of prayer with you. I want you to pray this prayer after me. And if you pray this prayer and you believe this prayer, salvation is yours. It's really that easy. Yep. Because you ain't saved by your works. You're saved by faith. Your belief, your trust. So do me this favor. Wherever you may be right now, and we all going to pray this prayer together because for, for those who've made that commitment, it's a reminder. 
But if you right now are watching us live stream, watching us online, you have not made a commitment, I want you to know you don't have to be in a physical church house to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord, I come to you because I need you to help me get unstuck. I am stuck in complacency, and I need a relationship with you. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And I believe you raised him from the dead three days after his death. I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. Right now, I thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. Hear me and hear me well. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, you're sincere about that prayer, salvation is yours. Salvation is yours. Now, here's what I want you to understand. That once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Lord wants you to get connected to a church. Now, here at St. Paul, we're not meeting physically, but the work of ministry still goes on, and we are receiving persons to be part of our fellowship virtually. We're doing that virtually. And so here's the deal. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior on Facebook, type salvation. A digital minister is going to reach out to you or email us at connect at spbcnc.org. If you're already saved, but you want to join St. Paul, we are taking in persons online. That's right. That's right. We are connecting people to our ministry online. I have a class right now of new disciples that we're going, going through new members class right now. And so if you want to join St. Paul, uh, connect with us on YouTube, just type connect. A digital minister will reach out to you on our website, type connect. On Facebook, type connect. Or you can email us at connect to sbbcnc.org. If you're listening to us on telephone, Call 704-334-5309 and connect with Marilyn White. Let her know you want to join our church or you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And by 5 o'clock tomorrow, at the latest, somebody would have reached out to you. Amen. Well, listen, we're getting ready to leave from this worship experience, but never from the presence of Christ. So I want you all to do me a favor. If you're watching us online, you're listening to us on the phone, do me this favor. If you would, just lift up both your hands as I pray us out in a benedictory fashion. Now to him who is able to keep you and me from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy to the wise God, our Savior, our parent, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Listen, put those hands together. Give God praise. God, I love you. God loves you even more. And unstuck life. The concerned clergy of Charlotte have come together for one reason and one reason only. 
and that is to remind everyone we must go out and vote. The right to vote is and can longer be an anecdotal gesture, but it is an imperative. Our vote is our voice. It's our responsibility to ensure that our families, our friends, and our communities all have a good quality of life. This year, November 3rd, is the most important vote of our lives. In addition to our presidential election, we have several federal, state, local, and judicial races that are on the ballot. If you believe in health care, you're on the ballot. If you care about affordable housing, it's on the ballot. If you care about social injustice, it's on the ballot. We're not trying to tell you who to vote for. You can work on that part. We need your participation on October 18th at Roman Beer Park at 2 p.m. We're beginning with a rally and we're going to march to Spectrum Arena and let our voice be heard through voting. Meet us at Ramir Bearton Park as we march to the Spectrum Arena here in the city of Charlotte. One saying we're going for protesting to the polls. Meet us there. Matter of fact, beat us there. We're going to go to the Spectrum Center. We're going to march there. We're going to stroll there. We're going to roll there. Get there any way you can. It's going to be a great time of fellowship and a profound time of shifting the narrative for our community. Your vote has purpose. Make sure our voice, our vote is heard. Everyone who lives within the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area is part of our village. Join us for Souls to the Polls, October 18th, 2 p.m., Romare Bearden Park, Old Charlotte, New Charlotte. Again, let's come together to create Next Charlotte. Looking forward to seeing you there. Let's vote!